Welcome, Lisa, to the Noah Davis podcast with our host, Noah Davis. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry about that. I can do an okay Jar Jar voice. My voice is a little too deep, so I have to kind of, if I would to do it better or redo it multiple times, I'd kind of have to pitch up my voice doing it. But that's pretty much my Jar Jar impersonation, impression, uh, not really impersonation. And yeah, this is the Noah Davis Watchcast. I'm your host, Noah Davis, here to talk to you about everything and anything I watch throughout the week. First up, Attack on Titan, final season, final chapter, final time I'll be saying Attack on Titan, final season, final chapter. I ooh, what a what a release schedule and setup they did. I not even gonna talk about that. We're gonna talk about the episodes themselves. Uh they they were good. They were good. They put a nice little bow on the Attack on Titan story, and yes, it might have... Okay, spoilers. Big spoilers. 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 There's your spoiler alert. Uh, so, it might have kind of copped out on whole Aaron turning heel, which I absolutely love. I'm very fond of Aaron turning heel. That was maybe my favorite just event of any anime ever was when you figured out Aaron was just murdering people and just starting the genocide. Yeah. I mean, I don't know why, you know what? I should quit talking. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> so attack on the final, final chapter. It doesn't really make up for the weight, but it made sense. And the reason I don't say it made up for the weight, because you can clearly tell they cut, Shots. They straight up cut shots that don't transition well at all. There is a specific scene where they're attacking the founding Titan and the bird boy Titan, bird Titan boy comes in and saves them. And there is no transitional scene whatsoever. It's just you see them, the bird flying near them, and then it just skips to them on the bird. And it's so jarring, and if you notice it, I guess, um, it's so jarring in a weird way because you'd think this had, you know, the biggest budget it's ever had, and they're clearly skipping or cutting whole scenes out or animation cells out like that. Well, I guess they're not cells anymore. But you know what I mean. It's, it's odd because... I don't know. I expected them to go all out, give us the boom, you know, every single scene, you know, handcrafted, uh, the, the details are impeccable. And it's really weird when they're just clearly cut scenes and it's feels a little rushed to the end. I can't really put my finger as to why it feels rushed. Maybe it was a pacing problem, but it, kind of meanders about what you're trying to see. And I get that the whole, you know, 
uh, ethereal Titan realm and all that. I totally get that. There were some cool twists uh, a part of that, and there were some really neat ideas about uh, Aaron's origin, tying back to Aaron's origin, and then you know looping it back to the end. Uh, there, there's a lot of cool things that this final these final chapters do, and. It's just, I, I don't know. It's just underwhelming for some reason. It's like I like the story. I enjoyed the animation. I really like the production. Um, their song choices in the part one were really badass. The part two, you know, whatever, songs. And uh, it just, it felt underwhelming. It, it, it feels as though there's kind of a, a hole still there. It just hasn't been filled. And I, I really can't place as to why. I get all the character motivations. I get Aaron's cop-out of why he turned heel. I get all that. And it, I, it's very subjective. This is not an objective thing at all. It's super subjective because I'm talking about my feelings. <laughs> but it, it's just a little underwhelming. It's, it's a great ending. It was a good ending. Sorry. Let's just say it's a serviceable ending that made sense with the plot. So that's almost all you can ask for because most endings kind of fucking suck. Uh, so it, it's just nice that there's a serviceable ending that has a bow on it and you can say, hey, this is finished. Here you go. Watch it. Beginning to end, that's all you need. And that's really cool. That's really nice to have and a lot of shows are missing that. So, you know, such as Winning Time. Uh, <laughs> that I talked about a few weeks ago. So, yeah, Attack on Titan final chapters, I enjoyed them. I would say watch them if you haven't, because, of course, they're, one just came out last week or a week and a half ago, so get on that part two before the internet spoils it for you, or unless the manga has spoiled it for you. I'm not sure if the ending is exactly like the manga. I don't know. It's a lot. Attack on Titan... Probably one of the greatest anime of all time. You could argue that. Would it be Would it be my top 10? I don't know. But if someone said, hey, Attack on Titan is the best anime of all time, I wouldn't really argue against that. I would say, hey, you know, yeah, but what about Bebop? What about Dragon? Yeah, I might say that. But I'm not going to, I'm not going to fault anyone for thinking this is a fantastic phenomenal anime because it really is if you look you know when you look at it as a whole i might have been underwhelmed by the ending but the twists and turns and the ups and downs were absolutely worth it it was a great story from start to finish so speaking of things with endings uh that i need to talk about let's talk about loki let's get that out of the way so the past seven no it's an eight up six episode show it's a six episode show the past five weeks I have been talking about Loki season two and I've been saying, Hey, these episodes are fine, but nothing really crazy. And then I've been comparing that to season one where most of the episodes were fine yet. There were nothing crazy. And then the last episode was so freaking good that I was just, you know, shouting from the rooftops that, you know, Loki last episode is amazing and sorry, you have to watch all the other episodes, but you have to, because the last episode is so good and God damn it. They did it again. They can't keep doing this. They can't keep getting away with this. Season two kind of meandered. But season two last episode, oh man, I was I was not only speechless, I was fanboying out. I chill bumps, you know, just all the whole whole shindig. It's 
it's crazy. I don't know how they're able to do that, and I don't know why they're able to do that, but they did it again. It was The last episode was so good that it made all the meandering plots worth it because there are just so many things. The way Tom Hiddleston played Loki, whether it was the cocky Loki or the, the hopeless Loki or the Loki who spent... Spoilers, 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 spoilers. The Loki who spent uh, multiple centuries learning physics to fix the loom and then they go back to the final episode of season one i mean oh man it was so good and i don't they don't have any right to do that yet here i am saying hey it's so freaking good that you need to go watch the other episodes so i am sorry i am sorry for the people in the future who watch the you know, first five episodes and think, is this really that good? So I'm sorry, but as long as you make it to that final episode, you'll know, or at least I hope you'll know that it was totally worth it. And Loki's place in the MCU is really badass now. And I can't wait to see what they do with them because it's a nice way to either push them to the side or bring them to the forefront. The way they positioned his character in the MCU is really smart. It just provides them with outs. They can say, hey, we need Loki for this story. Boom, he can come back. Or, hey, we don't need Loki for this next story. Boom, he can stay right where he is. And, god damn it, guys. God damn it. It's just, that last episode was so fucking good. It's so good. It's so good. (laughs) It's like Watchmen. I think I talked about it last week or two weeks ago. The episode of God Walks Into A-Bar. Yes, that show's good. It's probably, the other episodes are probably better than Loki's other episodes. But God Walks Into A-Bar is so good, so pivotal in 10 out of 10 for me that all the episodes I don't even care about. And so Loki has done this twice in a row, which is, I don't know if it's impressive or disappointing. I really don't. I, I, I could not tell you. All I can tell you is that last episode was so worth it. It hurts. And I kind of hate that I'm recommending it, but I fully recommend it. I, yeah, yeah, Loki season two. Next up, A Haunting in Venice, the part of uh, Kenneth Branagh's trilogy of Hercule Poirot, Detective Agatha Christie novel adaptations. It is uh, the third one. I don't know if it's going to end with a trilogy, but it is the third one in this trilogy, the previous being Death on the Nile and Murder on the Orient Express. I really liked the first one. I thought the second one was fine. And this third one was good. I'd say it's better than the second one, but still not as good as the first one. To me, though, I think the important takeaway from the this new trilogy of Hercule Poirot is that I do believe these will age better with time. Yes, right now, audiences might be a little tepid about it because it's coming out right next to modern movies, you know? It's coming out right next to superhero movies. But I'm, I'm telling you, in 10 or 20 years, all the Wikipedia list, people will be, not Wikipedia, IMDb list and all that, people will ask on Reddit, hey, what's the best mystery movie? And this will be, you know, 2043. People put, what's the best mystery movie to watch? Or what's the best old mystery movie to watch? I bet you money these Kenneth Branagh trilogy, Hercule Poirot movies will be mentioned far more often than they are now. Yes, they haven't had time to solidify themselves and to actually gain their place in the mystery movie threshold. 
But give it time, and I do believe that will be the case. I think people will look back at these movies rather fondly because in a time where we don't really get mystery movies, uh, if you can count Knives Out and Glass Onion as a mystery movie, which they really aren't, uh, you don't really have to figure anything out for those movies because it's just... It's as though they're movies about a mystery, but they're not mystery movies. Whereas these Hercule Poirot movies are totally mystery movies because you have to figure out the mystery in the movie. And it doesn't have this crazy explanation that came out of nowhere that doesn't really make sense unless you're a freaking super genius who can read, you know, the most subtle of clues. It's not like that. It's an actual mystery that you can actually solve with some, with, you know, some intuition. And yeah, Haunting of this, it feels very modern. It might not be my favorite movie, but it's totally watchable and it's a nice, it's nice to watch a mystery movie in the days of no mystery movies. And that's about all I'll say on Haunting in Venice. Uh, on top of that, I really love and respect Kenneth Branagh. I think he brings everything he can to his work. Yeah, some of them might be sellout shit and some of it might seem like garbage. Uh, talking about what was that Artemis Fowl? I think Kenneth Branagh was behind that. So again, Kenneth Branagh can do bad art. But as I always say, love the artist, hate the art. It's I'm not against Kenneth Branagh's, or sorry, I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> let me just restart. I'm not saying Kenneth Branagh is the best artist of all time, but I would never say he's a bad artist because he brings his vision to the table no matter what. Even in commercial, quote-unquote, sellout properties like Artemis Fowl, he still brings it to the table. Because, I mean, you look at his old work of Shakespearean work, and then you look at these trilogy of Poirot movies, and there's just something about it that you can, you can glean, like... Kenneth Bernal's work shines through. You can tell he's putting the effort, the time, and the thought processes into that work. And it just, it always comes off. No matter the movie, it always comes off. Even if it's a bad movie, even if it's a good movie, you can still feel Kenneth Bernal's DNA, creative DNA within. And I'll always give someone props for that. So, next up. I will wait. No, Attack on Titan, Haunting of Venice. Look. Okay, yes, yes, last thing. I, oh wait, not last thing, second to last thing, I finished Space Adventure Cobra. Did I talk about this last week? I don't know. I finished Space Adventure Cobra, uh, everything I said about Space Adventure Cobra, but more so, and that ending blew my mind. I would have never, ever, ever guessed that ending. If someone said, hey, this is how Space Adventure Cobra ends, I wouldn't have believed them, or I thought it would have been a meme, but no. It's totally how it ends, and I don't even want to spoil it for you because it's so wacky and out there that it was just such a nice surprise because it doesn't make any sense. Yet, for Space Adventure Cobra, it fits right at home. It It's something else. The ending is something else, and I would advise anyone to watch Space Adventure Cobra just so you could get to the last episode's reveal. Uh, the last episode itself may not have been perfect, but... Damn, that reveal is so just out of left field. It, it puts a smile on my face because it's so wacky. And I, other words for wacky, zany, uh, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> peculiar. I, I don't know. It's, it's all of that and more. So now that I've said that, the last thing I want to talk about, Pluto, the new Netflix anime based on the manga Pluto, which is a reimagining of the Astro Boy story in a murder mystery manga. Uh, it is 
at least the first episode is about a robot detective investigating the death of a human and the death of a world beloved robot. So I'm not going to get too much into it uh, until I watch the whole show. I don't want to spend 10 minutes talking about it. So I'll just spend a few minutes talking about the first episode. That might be the best pilot episode I've ever watched in TV. I don't know if I've ever watched the pilot episode that almost made me cry. And I'm telling you, I was almost in tears and the guy I was watching it with was crying. Uh, my friend Cade, <laughs> shout out to Cade. Uh, he, he said he was brought to tears. I was almost tearing up. I mean, it's so the emotional impact just punches you and just a haymaker from the right. And it, wow, it's such a good first episode that I've been afraid to watch the next episode because if your first episode is that big of a peak, I'm kind of wary of, Hey, is that next episode going to be, you know, not that peak? Because once you set that standard, living up to that standard is nigh impossible. So I'm, I'm going to watch the next episode this week, but I just, I feel weird. It feels, <laughs> it feels weird because I'm, I'm thinking, what if it's not as good? What it like, because it won't tarnish the idea of the first episode yet. If it does middle out, I will always be saying, hey, man, Pluto was so, or sorry, Pluto's first episode was so good, ex but the rest of the show wasn't. And I really don't want that to be the case. I'm kind of scared. So I will tackle Pluto this week. I will tell you about it next week. But I think that is all for the Noah Davis Watchcast. I will see you beautiful people the same time, not the same time I made this mistake on my other podcast, God damn it, because I'm a day late, the day before next week. <laughs> Okay. All right. I will see you guys next Tuesday. I'm your host, Noah Davis, and I'm out of here.